Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the Christmas Movie Countdown here at Allentown Presents. I am your host, Katie, and I am joined by Otis. Hello. And we will be reviewing a new Christmas movie every night from December 1st to Christmas. So sit back and enjoy episode 22, Reno 911, It's a Wonderful Heist. So I'm very pumped that there is a chance for us to do a Reno 911 movie or, I don't know, something in the, in the realm of Reno 911. I would love to just go over the TV show at some point. So for the uninitiated, Reno 911, it's a mockumentary. So like the same vein as Modern Family or... The Office. Yes. So there is a film crew portraying some type of part of life. In this life, it's cops doing their job. So it's like Cops, the older show, was serious with cops doing things. But in this version, it's cops in Reno, Nevada, and they do their job. They're just, they're weird at it. it they're silly. So it's, these are cops that do get the job done. They, they arrest people and take out the bad guys, but the people they deal with are silly and crazy, and they have to be silly and crazy back to them. It's, it's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine on crack. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like way more hilarity. Yeah, so it's it's pretty fun, and the, the one magical part about it is they've said multiple times that there isn't really that much of a script because they're all comedians, and they all love this kind of improv situation that they all come with a baseline idea of what they got to do. So, like, hey, today we're going to do some type of plot with... Uh, we got to catch this bad guy that's, like, giving hand jobs behind the Taco Bell, and that's kind of it. And then everything else is just kind of going to be off the cuff, just out of their brains. And it's some of the funniest shit. And so what they love to do in this Reno 911 show is everybody, all the bad guys that they talk to and deal with and arrest and fight are all comedians in their own worlds and funny people. And so it's just improv left and right. And actually, a lot of the main characters of the show star and they are bad guys in their own right and so usually their faces are blurred out if it's them so you don't you can't tell it's the main character but it's them doing something crazy so they've all made characters that they play when they're not being the cops and so in a sense it's kind of like saturday night live or mad tv in the sense of every joke or sketch is a little different it's all cop based but the next one will be two other cops or three other cops doing something silly and then it'll switch to another cop doing something, and the joke is completely different. So, Reno 911, this isn't their first movie. <laughs> this is actually their third movie. So, the first one was Reno 911 Miami, and I watched this movie. It's fucking hilarious. So, they're at a police convention, and a terrorist attack happens, and all 2,000 police officers in Miami are locked into a building and they can't get out so the SWAT team everybody is trying to get them out or get out and the only cops left in Miami to protect this city is the six of them that came for this convention that they they were late coming in so they have to take care of all of Miami and so it's just a movie version of all these sketches that they thought up and it's absolutely fucking hilarious and then the second movie that came out uh, a year ago was Reno 911 The Hunt for QAnon and so they are on the hunt for Q. So if you don't know anything about QAnon conspiracies, these people are 
it's crazy stuff. But I think a lot of things like Jewish people take the blood of young virgin children to keep them young. And the Clinton family are in cahoots and something about pizza and something about it's a lot of weird stuff. But Q is apparently just just one person. I think it's a group. But this one person doing all this crazy stuff. So they are at a QAnon convention because they're trying to catch Q. And apparently they end up on Epstein Island. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's very topical. So this is the third movie, which adds a couple of things that I absolutely love. Comedy and heist movies. You thought I was going to say Christmas. Nah. But it's really fun to see. So Katie, what did you think about Reno 911? It's a wonderful heist. I thought it was really funny. I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if I was a regular watcher of the show Reno 911. Like, I've seen episodes here and there, but I have not sat down and watched from episode one to the end. So some of the, like, call characters that they would, like, bring up as the bad guys, I'd never seen before. So Otis was kind of having to explain it to me because he's watched the whole show before who these characters were and why the situation they're in was hilarious. Like, it was funny, but I was missing, you know, a little bit part of the joke because I haven't watched all the episodes. But it was still funny, and it was interesting that this movie starts as, like, It's a Wonderful Life for a minute, and then, you know, 15 minutes go by or whatever, and the credits hit for It's a Wonderful Heist, and then it's no longer It's a Wonderful Life, now it's a... Christmas pageant slash mall train wreck. (laughs) So (laughs) it is just hilarious. And these cops are just, you know, they're the worst at their jobs. They're good at their jobs, but they're also like just the fucking worst. So it's, it was funny. I love Reno 911. They were on Comedy Central and then they, they made it to six seasons, I believe, or five seasons. And then they went to Quibi, that app that lasted for maybe a year. And they did a season there. And then as Quibi was getting, I don't know, deleted, going away, they are coming out with another season or they just dropped a season. So hopefully someone can pick them up and they can continue it. Though I wouldn't be worried about all these actors because they all have gone off and done other awesome things. It's just they come back together and do this, and they all look great. Like, all the women look uh, look amazing, because the mom from the Goldbergs, you know, she's Clementine in this in this show, and Niecy Nash is, I want to say she's in two different shows right now. She's the lead in the Rookie spinoff, and then she, I think, finished up Claws. So she has been doing awesome work, so... I'm not worried about them. This seems like a like a side passion project whenever they can get together and dress like cops for like a month or two and just run around and just do stupid stuff. That's probably like a vacation for them. And I always love bringing up this fun fact, but one of the cops, his name is Carlos. I'm not going to get that last name to save my life. A Lazarki. He is the voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. It's one of my favorite fun facts of all time. Because he doesn't even look like he can make Rocco's voice. I, it's funny when people can just make a voice. I'm like, how the fuck did that come out of you? But it, it's really fun. There's some very funny people. And, ooh, Joe Lo. Joe LaTrulio. Truly, okay, it's Trulio. I saw the G in there. I didn't know if you say it or not. He is Deputy Rizzo in this show. And then he went to Brooklyn Nine-Nine and played a silly cop, but a, 
A less silly cop. A slightly less silly cop. An accomplished cop, but still silly. A detective. They're yeah. detectives on... Nicolaj. With his son. <laughs> Nicolaj. Yeah. Nicolaj. Nicolaj. Yeah. Nicolaj. <laughs> but, no, it's really funny. And there are tons of reoccurring characters with the show, like Terry. Terry's probably one of the best characters in the show. It's Nick Swardson, a comedian on skates with a little short shirt and shorts on, and... Just doing nasty stuff behind restaurants and stuff like that. And one of them, he, he gets robbed and they take one of his skates. And he's just, he calls the cops and he's screaming. He's like, they murdered me. And they're like, Terry, you're not murdered. You're right here. He's like, they murdered me and took my skate. But Terry is one of the best characters in the show. But like I said, it, tons of famous people pop up. Kenny Rogers has been in this show. And Oswald Patton. Is that his name? Patton Oswald. Hey, I said it wrong. <laughs> so Patton Oswald played a crazy guy that said that, that he's his greatest fan. And so they were at the mall protecting Kenny. And then Patton comes up and he's like, I love you, gambler, and shoots him. <laughs> so Kenny goes down. It's uh, If you talk to Steve or Taco, that's like one of their favorite episodes of Reno. He's like, I love you, gambler, and just shoots Kenny's ass. So Kenny was a big fan of the show and they had him on like whenever they could so it makes sense that kenny pops up in this because kenny passed away this year right in 2022 don't know might have been early or late 21 but yeah oh the gambler he ain't around anymore so we'll get through this story and this one's gonna be a little different because it's it's just tiny jokes splotched together with a main idea but it's just let's talk about the week of christmas kind of And they're still cops, so they have to do patrols and stuff. And so it's just little jokes. This movie starts, I don't know if you call it a cold open. It's just, it opens with Lieutenant Dangle. He's like the leader of the group. He's crying on the roof of the Silver Nugget Mall. (laughs) And he's crying about his life because he got, not even monkey pox, he got some other type of monkey, he said. It was like monkey syphilis or something like yeah, that. Yeah. something wild as hell. So he got some disease and then he got it again, a rebound of the disease. And he's like, my life sucks. He's like, God, please help me out. And then a Christmas angel appears. All right. It's Terry. So I don't know if that means Terry's dead or God just made him an angel for, <laughs> for a little bit. But Terry comes to him and then this movie instantly turns into It's a Wonderful Life because Terry's going to show Lieutenant Dangle just how worse, quotation mark, worse Reno would be if he wasn't born. And so they go and show everybody. So Trudy, uh, Deputy Trudy, she is, I don't know what it's called, but when you rub your fingers over the glass. There's a whole name for it. Damn it. Yeah, I don't know the name. Yeah. well, we'll... It's like a crystal xylophone or crystal piano or something like that, but... It's what Sandra Bullock does for her talent in uh, Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah, yeah, You dip your fingers in water and then you rub circles on the edge of gl- crystal glasses filled with water. Yeah. And it makes them pitched. Yeah. So Trudy, that's what she's doing. Apparently she's like super duper famous musician. And Rizzo, he is like the roadie. And he's spraying water into her mouth to keep her hydrated. <laughs> and so Jones, uh, the voice... Uh, from Boondocks, he is the neighbor, Tom, is his voice, and he does a lot of other voice acting. Cedric Yarbrough is his name. He is the front of the restaurant manager of the Melting Crock. And so it's a fondue restaurant, and he is the guy. And so people pay him 
so they can sit down sooner. And he's like, is there any way I can get seated in 10 minutes? And he's like, maybe. And then they hand him like a hundred bucks. And he's like, here you go. And then the thing just lights up. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> and Kimball, she's one of the newer deputies that came in. She is just like, I don't know, this hot chick that comes up. And she has like a pet snake. <laughs> and Dangle's like, holy shit, Kimball looks hot. And she has a pet snake. That's awesome. <laughs> So we see Clementine laying in a casket and Dangle's like upset because he's like, no, she was the prettiest one of all of us. He's like, and she's dead. But no, Clementine's not dead. She's the owner of a casket store and she's like the highest seller in Reno, apparently. Because she's got a deal with Niecy Nash's character. Yes. (laughs) Uh, With Williams. And Williams keeps finding her husband's dead and they laugh about it. Oh no. Yeah. My husband has mysteriously died. Yeah. What will I ever do? <laughs> it's funny. It's only those people got stories. Honestly, all the women got stories. But then... Well, and the, the croc... Uh, oh, Jones got one. Guy, yeah. I'm curious if some people just didn't have a good story that they wanted to do or just they ran out of time with it. And so they come back to modern day and Dangle's like, I want to be alive again. no. Even though their lives are better. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, he, he's, I guess I, I feel he's a bit jealous. And then Terry tells him that every time a bell rings, an angel gets a tug job. <laughs> and he's like, okay, whatever. And then they start running. And it's like the end of It's a Wonderful Life. And Dangle's running down the street or in the mall. And he's like, hello, Sabaros. Hello, KB Toys. And Terry's skating on his skates next to him. But it's all like sex places. It's mm-hmm. like some like. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello dildo shop hello <laughs> lube shop hello frozen dildo shop yeah. hello <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the beginning of this movie and then we move into the sketches so dangle is prepping for a christmas pageant for the junior deputies and i'm going to talk about the little song because the song is like probably the best part of this movie and so while he's talking to all the people in the morning we see Bobby Moynihan's face in the glass just looking at him. And he's like, who is this sad-looking man? Like, like, do we need to talk to him or something? And he comes in. His name is Chris Richnicky, And he is the owner of the Silver Nugget Mall. And he, he came to tell the cops that someone is sending him ransom letters saying that they're going to steal his giant silver nugget that's worth all the money, as Chris Richnicky says. And so it seems very opportunistic because the cops, their pageant, they can't do it in the parking lot anymore because there's a crazy lady with birds and she has them attack them. And then there's another weird guy with a cat and apparently they're together now. And so they're scared of him. But then Chris has space in his mall. So they make a deal with Chris that they will be security for the nugget if they can put the pageant on. And Chris is like, that sounds great to me. (laughs) So... At this point, here comes the stories, and I'll go through it real quick. So we get our first one, and it's Jackie, the pickle-throwing hooker. And so it's actually Trudy in an outfit in her face. She has, like, an eye patch that covers a lot of her face, and she has all this hair. So Jackie is stealing library books to sell outside of the library. Like, the drop box is, like, or donation box is, like, ten steps away from her table, and actually, on the side of the table, it says all the books for $1,000. And she's selling for crazy amounts of money. 
And so they're talking to him like, Jackie, are you stealing these books from the library to sell? And he's like, no, no. And he's like, why does it say property of the library on it? And so she starts attacking them and they they handcuff her, maybe. And she gets away and runs off. And so they arrest her. The second story is they are at the mall. And Chris Richnicki is Santa Claus. And for some reason, maybe the blackmailers, they have stuffed a chimpanzee into Santa's sack. And so it's just, I don't know, somebody in a sack just hopping around chasing everybody. And so everyone's running and they have a dart gun and they shoot it (laughs) and they hit, I can't remember his name. It was a comedian that you knew. In which one? Uh, He was an elf. Oh, 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 fuck. I don't, I don't know the comedian's name, but he pops up in my YouTube all the time and he makes fun of being a small person a little person oh okay like that's his whole shtick yeah and it's just like people making fun of him and his reactions and he's hilarious you knew his name you had his name last night but i don't yeah, remember what uh, it is it's brad williams yeah it is his... i just pulled, got him too yeah so the third story is there's a kenny rogers traveling exhibit viewing And so the cops go in because they love Kenny Rogers. He's awesome. (laughs) And one of the the storytellers in the exhibit, his name is Gary Anthony Williams. A very skinny Gary Anthony Williams. Good job. You you look great because I'm like the voice. I I know the voice, but the face and the body looks different. He was an undercover brother. He was smart brother. And he he was a thick boy. But now he's thin as hell. And then the other guy, you knew his name. Yeah, his name is Mark Evan Jackson. Uh, and he plays Kevin from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's Captain Holt's uh, husband. Yes, thank you. Yes. So that exhibit happens, and it's funny. They're like, oh, is this Kenny Rogers' suit? And he's like, this is what the suit would look like if it was Kenny Rogers' suit. They're like, ooh. <laughs> All this silly stuff like that. They have nothing that's actually his there. So the next story is, well, Jones and Rizzo, they dump the chimp under the freeway. Because they're like, well, we can't, like, go to the zoo with it. So we're just going to dump him on the freeway and just let the world take care of this chimp. But they open the bag, and it's the elf. It's Brad Williams. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, wait, who do we drop off at the strip club? And you hear monkey sounds and women screaming. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to take care of that. And Brad's like, well, you can drop me off at the strip club. And they just leave him out there. (laughs) He's like, my family, I need to call them. Monkey sacked, man. (laughs) What a mess. So we get the first junior deputy commercial. And so apparently over the years, they have little kids come in and they're like, you're our junior deputy. It's a way to keep kids from being assholes. But apparently a lot of the kids that they get, they're assholes. And so there's a little song. Oh, the little junior deputies were only just cubs. But now they're men and women kind of like us. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and me and Katie like laughed about it. And the first girl, she's, like, in all this leather and stuff. She's like, kill me. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. Just read the line, goddammit. <laughs> so the next story is a character named Big Mike. And Big Mike is the voice of Khan from King of the Hill. So he is Toby Huss. And he is a legit white man. But he plays a... They're, are they Filipino? No, they're Vietnamese. Yes. And he's... I don't know, the voice is perfect for it. Khan sounds amazing. And he's sniffing, like, spray paint and acting crazy. 
So the next story is they get a call at the mall at the bounce house section, and TT is her name, and that's Niecy Nash's character. Her face is all blurred out, and she has these really long, just boobs, and she always has like a big, like shirt on, and they're always bouncing around. And she's always like on drugs or something, and she's running around. They always have to catch her. That's that's their thing with with TT. And so she's running through the bounce houses, and they're trying their best to catch her ass, but she's quick as fuck. And so she tells him that she's trying to catch a white lady ghost that's in the bounce house. And they're like, white lady ghost? What are you talking about? And then at the end, they think they caught her, but then Jones grabs an old white lady. And they're like, oh, she was stuck in the bounce house. The guy that's in charge of the bounce house is like, hey, that wristband she had, we haven't used that wristband in like two years. And then Jones quietly puts her down. And they're like, I gotta go. <laughs> so he's probably touching a ghost lady. <laughs> he just dumps the old lady back into the bounce house and they leave. So Dangle and Weigel, or Trudy, they sing about the safety, about being safe in the holidays to the tune of the 12 days of Christmas. And this sketch was hilarious because it seems like Dangle can sing, Thomas Lennon can sing. And I bet Trudy's... Like, uh, her name is Kern Kenny Silver. She probably can actually sing, but she can't sing in this. And just Dangle's face as he's trying to fix his note to, like, make her note sound better and his face. And he's taking these, like, deep deep breaths because there's no gap in the song because it's 12 days of Christmas. He's like, you know, 12-something-something, 11-something-something. And they're doing it like that. And he's like, uh, don't slip on ice and watch out for poison then. Don't do this. And he's like... He's trying to dig out this air out of his body. But it's a very funny story. And then, Weigel, she takes the junior deputies to a holiday pageant. And the bus driver gets a nut allergy and hops out of the bus because she's choking and gets hit by at least five cars. And so her body is just paced against the bus. And so they keep going back to the kids in the bus because the situation gets worse and worse. There are vultures that come down to eat at the body, and then another animal comes down. A helicopter comes to help the kids, and then they chop down power lines, so now everything's electrified, and then we'll see what happens to Trudy and the kids a little bit later. So the pageant is starting soon, and the nugget, it's going to be the star of Bethlehem during the pageant. And so Weigel, or Trudy, and the kids are saved by a Jewish SWAT team. It's Michael Ian Black. And he's in the first season, he was Kevin the Sex Offender, and he was just Chris in like other seasons, but he's Captain Schwartz. And so he's this Jewish SWAT team, and they save the kids. Hooray! So the pageant starts, and it's an absolute mess. Um, you should check it out online. Uh, Dangle has a guitar, and people have songs and stuff. And like, they, like I said, they all can sing, but they're like making it shitty. So during. The pageant, as Trudy runs in late because she was with the kids and she dresses up like Frankenstein, she didn't get the me- message that it's a Christmas pageant. The exhibit guys from the Kenny Rogers exhibit, they steal the nugget right in front of everybody. And so they get a chase through the mall and they're throwing bones at each other. And it's supposed to be Kenny Rogers' bones, but it's not because it's not real. So they're all fighting with bones and throwing stuff. And Brad Williams, the dwarf, he jumps in the way of 
like a projectile coming toward Dangle and saves him. But then Jones hits him with a guitar. He doesn't explain why he hits him. He's just like, it just caught him off guard that he was like on their side. I guess he thought he was going to be bad. So he just like hit him. So Dangle and Kimball, they're the ones that make it through. And they actually, well, Kimball actually is doing a really good job against the robbers. And she beats him up with bones. But then they knock her out. And so Dangle is the only one that can save the day. And he grabs the nugget as they throw it into the air as a distraction. And they proceed to whip Dangle. And I forgot to bring up, but in the pageant, Dangle was playing Jesus. And so he's in sandals and a robe and like... A crown of thorns. And so at this point of the movie, they're beating him like Passion of the Christ. He's getting his ass kicked and it's all slow-mo and stuff. I was like, sweet Jesus, you know, he's getting whipped and stuff. And so as the bad guys are going to leave... Hooray, the Jewish SWAT team, they saved the day. And so, like, it's funny, the Jewish SWAT team, they're like, well, we're going to take these guys and probably shoot them in the head. And they're like, hold up, we can just arrest them. It's the sixth day of Hanukkah, man. Take a break. And he's like, did you just reverse Jewish guilt me? And he's like, maybe. (laughs) And everyone laughs. And then that's the end of the story. So they got the nugget and they got it back. And they find out that it's not worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, worth like $14,000, which is still pretty fucking good for a giant silver nugget but they thought it was like worth millions so katie who was your we'll do it like story or your favorite character but what was your favorite thing in reno 911 it's a wonderful heist uh my favorite thing in reno in this movie was the songs in the commercials that they did fucking the little boys become or the Junior deputies are almost Oh, they're adults. only just cubs, but now they're men and women, kind of like us. Kind of like us. <laughs> Fucking, every time every time it happened, me and Otis were just rolling. Like, it was fucking hilarious. A for effort. That was so good. That was my favorite thing. I, just being able to see all of the people just do funny stuff. It, it's such a cop-out, but it's just, I like the cops. I, I That's my favorite part of Reno, is just... The jokes, and then you see people starting to smile, and they kind of cover their mouth and like do something. Got to look away for a minute. It's some of my favorite stuff. At the beginning with Terry, Terry was smiling when he was saying some stupid shit. Did you even mention the birds? (laughs) I forgot because it happened so quick. There's a whole plot line with fucking frozen doves. And yeah, they're trying to find a way to thaw them out. And so they use a microwave, but then I actually forgot to bring up her name. So they have another deputy in this in uh in the show and she was a sex slave her name is cindy the sex slave she's not a sex slave anymore but, but she, she used to be she used to be and so now she's just in the back in like not even a skimpy outfit but she's just always in the back i don't think she's actually a cop but they have her there she's like the secretary now and she tells him like you got to put it on the frost man what are y'all doing doing full power and so they thaw out one dove and then later that dove gets shot with a gun but someone uses a a stun gun on it they're trying all different ways they try like a hair dryer people are like putting them inside their shirts and in their pants like to try and warm them up with their body heat like it is just fucking wild someone uses cocaine because they have cocaine in the back end evidence and so Mm -hmm. then they start taking cocaine so it's a mess but just i don't know just the overall just silliness of it that was like my favorite so what was your least favorite character my least favorite thing in this movie was the bus scene. And <laughs> not 
all of it like it wasn't a bad scene it just i think it dragged on a little too long like they kept going to it too many times because first the bus driver jumps out and shit gets wild then like a motorcycle cop pulls up and shit gets wild and then more cops show up and shit gets wild and then more things happen and shit gets wild and then the jewish commandos like jump down through the roof and like that was cool and i liked the way that it ended i just felt like the middle part just went on for too long like there was just more and more and more pile up and it was just like deputy trudy is not funny enough to carry this scene for as long as it lasted yeah like it was it was good but it just lasted too long i think what about you my least favorite it's it's tough i liked everybody in it so it's got to be something that kind of aesthetic to it i don't know the length of it because it was like an hour and maybe like five minutes ten minutes something like that i don't know that was like an hour and a half i don't know i don't know needed more terry (laughs) <laughs> there were more silly people they could have got like uh garfunkel and oats they've been in this and they've been people they had their arrest there were tons of other famous people but i get it you know it's a christmas story you get who you got mm-hmm. i don't know needed more terry he's at the beginning and the end i i wanted it did need more terry i would love another sketch with him on his roller skates doing something silly nick schwartzen's fucking hilarious yeah he's so fucking funny in this so Let's do seven word synopsis. So I only have one and it says, I wish I was a junior deputy. I absolutely would have been a junior deputy if I could have did this. That's hilarious. I'm sure they had a junior deputy situation near you. Oh, probably. Mine is starts wonderful life, turns into mall chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I figured out the song. So it, it's, um, oh, the ju- Oh, the little junior deputies were only just cubs, but now they're men and women, kind of like us. Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's fucking great. I love it. So, obviously, just like with a lot of the movies and shows that we watch, there's no budget to this or box office because it's, I think, partly it was created by MTV because it was in the credits for it. So, hopefully people liked it. Makes me happy. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to say about Reno Nine One One? It's a wonderful heist. It's a, oh, it's a Christmas heist. No, it's a wonderful heist. Hey, you had it right. No, it was really funny. If you watch Reno Nine One One or have watched Reno Nine One One at all, you're gonna love it. If you haven't watched Reno Nine One One, you're still gonna find it funny. It's it still lands a lot of its jokes. There's yeah. just some stuff about the backstories of the characters that you're just kind of not in the know on but it was funny so if you have questions comments or suggestions on what we should watch next you can hit us up on twitter at allentown pod on facebook at allentown presents or send us an email at allentownpresents at gmail.com thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of our annual christmas movie countdown we will be back again tomorrow with another christmas movie but we've only got three left (laughs) bye see you guys